What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are off and running on another episode of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas. What a wild conference championship Saturday. I mean, just everything we could have hoped for, really. It was it was great. It was interesting. It was fun. Um, you know, I was terrified for the Bama game, and then I was elated. I, just so much that that happened that was so exciting. Let's just first talk about poor Iowa and poor <laughs> <laughs> Iowa fans. Like, they got decimated. It wasn't well, even, like, remotely close. Yeah, and the problem with that, too, is that they backed their way into the Big Ten Championship. So it really wasn't the way they wanted to get there uh, with Wisconsin losing on the last week of the season. And, hell, I I thought that they had a good matchup, at least up front, but (laughs) Michigan just absolutely punishing. I mean, just from the opening snap. Uh, So Harbaugh gets his Big Ten title, and they're in the playoff. How about that? (laughs) I wonder if he's going to ask for some of that pay cut money back. I know, I'm seriously, sure like, restructure the contract. the contract, yeah. yeah. Well, he gets crazy bonuses. Uh, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, he got. I think he got a million for winning the Big Ten, uh, and then I think he gets another mil for making the playoff. I don't know. But uh, as much as I enjoyed watching the SEC championship with you, and, and, and it was a hell of a time, I didn't really get to see much volume-wise from the Americans, so, so I went back um, and, and, and watched that game, and I, and I got to say, I knew that Cincinnati was going to bring it. But what a wild game day atmosphere for a championship right? game for Cincinnati. Oh, they my brought God. The house down. Uh, I mean, just one of the best stadiums in the country gets the biggest game in program history, and they deliver. And we have Cincinnati in the playoff. Uh, we knew that Georgia was getting in no matter what happened. Yeah. But Bama pushed them around. Yeah, they did. Because once that game got moving into the second half, Georgia had no answer for what Saban was throwing at him on either side of the ball. They were so confused. They, they, that's we talked about. Like they didn't have any adversity throughout the entire season. Right. When you have a team that's pushing you, you know it, it's tough to adapt. And like even like we think about Alabama, you know they haven't looked their best, but they found ways to win. They've gutted it out. They've had that adversity. They know what it's like to lose. They know what it's like to have to come from behind. Where Georgia, they haven't been down all season. Yeah, and how about the Bryce Young and Jamison Williams connection? I mean, oh my that's, god! I, I think Saban just saw that and was like. I mean, Georgia hadn't seen anything like that all season, no. which you you just alluded to. I mean, there there was there was no controversy, there was no adversity. Yep. Uh, so they face a matchup like that for the first time. You can't defend it. Yeah, it was man, it was crazy because like the second you saw uh, Jameson go up the middle, you knew he was gone, or you knew he was getting a big game every single time because I mean they play a lot of zone, you know. You, the way you beat Saban is man, especially the way you beat a guy like Jamison Williams. You're playing zone, and you have a guy Bryce Young getting time. He's going to find those those little spots. Yeah, and we already knew this, but Stetson Bennett is, uh, Bennett is just not it. Georgia no. is still here in the playoff without a you know, I would say, not competent quarterback, but a game changing quarterback. I mean, yeah. it's just another game manager who's trying not to make a mistake. If Georgia goes down, what do they have? Yeah, it's it, it's so it's interesting. Let's let's get into the playoff, right? So it's New Year's Eve this year, and we're not making picks today. But I just wanted to peek at the lines. Um, interest, you know, I'm very interested to see where and how they move. Yeah. Um, but you know, Cincinnati, the group of five, 
said for years they wanted Bama, and here we go. They get Bama. Number four, Cincinnati, and number one, Alabama. The line is sitting at minus 13. This is going to be the 330 game on New Year's Eve. This is the Cotton Bowl uh, over there at Cowboy Stadium. And, you know, going back and watching the Cincinnati game, it was impressive how much pressure they were able to put on Tune at times, which is that was the Houston quarterback. Yeah. But I still thought, especially early on, that he had a lot of time to find his routes. I mean, as the game went on, I think that that Cincinnati front seven just tired him out. But let's also not forget that they needed some big plays in that game. Like they that did. Kickoff return the for kickoff return. Down. They had two really big, deep kickoff returns. So yeah, right. there was a lot that went for Cincinnati that kind of got them out of that, oh, shit, we could lose this game. Right. Not even worry about the covering. And I think that it's going to be interesting when they play Alabama because – for much of that game, Houston was on the same level as Cincinnati, and Cincinnati pulled over, pulled away because they're just a little bit more talented. Now, what is Cincinnati going to do when they're outclassed at almost every position? Every you know, position. It's going to take some. It's going to take some serious coaching to to kind of you know keep Cincinnati in this game where it's a competitive game. And I mean, Cotton Bowl that's still Alabama territory. As much as people hate to say it, anywhere in the South they're traveling. It's going to be a, a big Alabama crowd there. So Cincinnati is going to be playing a yep. true road game. And Bama doesn't get beat in the first round of the playoff. They obliterate yep. their opponents. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ohio State was the Ohio only State team to ever beat Alabama in the first round. Yeah. Right? Other than that, I mean, it's just blowouts against Clemson, blowout against Michigan State, blowout last year uh, against Notre Dame. I mean, so now you're in an even tougher position uh, because you draw the best team. But the line being at minus 13 – I, I'm actually surprised it's not higher just because think, of how good Alabama looked last week. I think that the the this was one of those set it and, and let the market react to it. Yeah. I think they set it at 13, much like the Georgia game. I think they're both very similar set it and react. Like if I were to set this line, I would have set it at 17 and a half, but then there would be too much money coming on Cincinnati and I could could have set it too high. Just like Georgia, if I were to set the Georgia line, I probably would have set it at 10. There could be too much money coming on Michigan. So there are two lines that kind of give you that, you know, the 14 is a push. If So if I set it at 14, it's not a good set it and forget it line. You set it at, at nine is actually one, a more realistic number for Georgia. Then that that's kind of that that realistic ending spot. So they set it just a tick under to see if the market's going to drive it down or drive it up. And I, I think that the market's going to drive Alabama up and drive Georgia down. Yeah, uh, I would. Just, and, and a big reason for that, and we'll get to the Michigan Georgia game for sure. But uh, the Michigan fan base is just huge, yes. so they're yes. all putting bets down on Michigan. That's going to drive. I mean, it already has been driving the line a little bit. And then we know how much money usually goes on Bama. I started thinking about these matchups today, and the more I think about it, I'm trying to figure out a way for Cincinnati to keep this under a three score game. I mean, I see a 45-24 game here just, just off the bat, you know, just, just based on what I've seen. And also, you know, if, if you listen to our episode a couple weeks ago where, where I did that breakdown of recruiting rankings, and again, you mentioned it, you're outclassed at every position. Uh, you know, it, and we've been talking about Cincinnati all year. Yeah. First of all, I think the committee got it right. Uh, you know, I, and I said that if there was not a one-loss Power 5 champion sitting there, then I would consider an undefeated group of five. That's what we got this year. Yep. Uh, so Cincinnati got their way in. But they are facing a big uphill battle in this one. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, who like, we think about Sauce Gardner is not going to cover Jamison. They're going to put him on Ja'Cory Brooks. Like, Ja'Cory Brooks is a big wide receiver. We need a lockdown corner. That's going to leave Jamison free for a lot. It's going to yeah, be an interesting and, game. 
Yeah, and I last thing I'll say about it is Cincinnati is going to need uh, some big momentum-changing plays. They're going to need a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown, and even then, I don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah. So, can't wait to make our picks here in a few weeks. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Georgia and Michigan, the Big Ten champion, the SEC runner-up. This is going to be the nightcap, the 7.30 game. It's going to be down in Miami at the Orange Bowl, so it will be outdoors. Georgia is sitting around minus eight right now. I've seen seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, really anywhere in there. You know, again, curious to see where it goes. But I'm liking Michigan just based on my first look. And how could you not? How could you not like Michigan? They can run the ball. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They have a quarterback who has more wheels than Stetson Bennett. Georgia would have to play a phenomenal defensive game and take them out of the game early. Right, And exactly. The only adversity really that Michigan faced where they were like, man, it's it's kind of tough is that Michigan State game, you know? But that's a rivalry game on the road. Like I'm thinking about games that they played where like that were relatively close, were games that were comebacks like Rutgers, you know? I, I think that Michigan is a lot more impressive than people have been given credit for throughout the season. Yeah, and one of the best teams, if not the best team, against the spread. I mean, eleven and two they against are the, the spread best this year. Team, yes. I mean, yep. uh, unreal. Five and zero oh against the spread in their last five, so they've covered five straight. So it's it's hard not to like them, especially to cover. But Brad, I think Michigan can win this game. Am I, I, I wrong? Michigan, I, I mean, there's, there's no way that I'm not putting money on Michigan. I think Michigan win this game. Michigan is is eleven and two against the spread. One of their covers they lost. The second cover was that comeback from our, from Rutgers, and they have an over twenty point. Uh, per game margin of victory winning and they played quality opponents like I don't think Georgia's played any quality opponents and I'm not this is not me taking anything away from Georgia like Georgia's a damn good team yeah but I just think that Michigan is really complete this year and there's something to be said for you know how is Georgia going to bounce back especially with Kirby Smart once again getting bested by Nick Saban how are his players going to respond how is Stetson Bennett going to respond in a game like this, where on the other side, you've got a Michigan team on cloud nine over here yeah. uh, with you they know, they beat Ohio State. Right. They they win the Big Ten championship by 39 points, and now they're right in the playoff. All the momentum is is with them. I'm sure it's hell taking uh, the points there. Like, like I, I, I haven't dug into the game, but first look. Right. Yes. Same. I mean, it, it would be impossible for me not to take that eight, and I really think it's, it's, it's going to get lower as – as people start to realize, I mean, yeah. who has Georgia played this year? I think Michigan's been much more battle-tested than that Georgia team. Yes. Put together a hell of a year. And, and how about we got two first-time participants in the playoffs? So so we've got your old reliables in Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, but it's good for the sport to see it. Uh, and I, I can't believe I'm watching Michigan in the playoff, but here we are. We were right about Harbaugh, all right? What a world. I've been telling everybody who would listen. <laughs> Do you remember what I was telling you about Jim Harbaugh? What he was the right choice. He was the right guy. And here they are. They stuck by their guy. They made him pick a pay cut, but hell, whatever they did worked. And that seems to be where we're trending in college football now with the, all these 10-year extensions around the country, whether yeah. it's a, you know, a mid-program or a big program, people are locking onto their guy. That's how it should be because you've got to find somebody and you've got to let him build a culture. Yep. And sometimes – it takes more than four years. Sometimes yeah. it, it look at Jim Harbaugh. It you know it, it's it just takes time, and you have your ups and downs. But you can't go through co- consistent coaching changes and expect anything to be different. Yeah. So you know, I think we found USC. I think they found their guy. 
Uh, it seems that LSU found their guy in Brian Kelly. You know, it, it'll be. It, it, I think college football next year. I, I mean, I I just think we're getting better and better. I think the storylines are getting better. I mean, Lincoln Riley going to USC, Brad, is a complete game changer for the entire yeah, sport. Yes, it is. Because now all of a sudden the Pac-12 is relevant again, and yes, they haven't and been relevant in in the entire college football playoff era. Someone was saying, and I thought it was pretty funny. They were like, Lincoln Riley was was recruiting as if he knew he was leaving. You see how quick his recruits were ready to follow him. Yeah, just instant. And and how quickly he's picking up big-time recruits. USC feels like USC again already. And he's been there, yeah. what, a week? I mean, yep. you and I grew up with the Pete Carroll USC yeah. teams that dominated college football. I think he's going to get them right back to where they need to be. The Pac-12 is up for grabs. We already knew that. But now, and with Oregon losing Cristobal, right? Yes. So Cristobal goes to Miami. Miami. Uh, so that's really interesting. Does Miami have their guy? I mean – there's nothing better for college football than having these big time programs be talented and yes. be good with good coaching. USC, yeah. Miami, Michigan. It's good to have all of these teams uh, in the spotlight. It can only I get think, better from here. I think that it's funny too. You see these guys really, really going after their guy. This is our guy. Like Michigan going after, I mean Miami going after Crystal Ball. Like right. they literally didn't even fire their coach before they had him on on the dog on bus. They're playing over yeah. and. And it's because when you go get your guy and and they, it turns out it pans out well, like even like a Michigan State win gotten tougher, you know, like you have to make those decisions and you have to you have to stop with the status quo and shake the trees. And Brent Venables going home to Oklahoma. Oh, my God. So wow. Big time Oklahoma, for them. Oklahoma's going to play some defense now. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, I can't wait to talk about bowl mania next week and then we'll do our New Year's six predictions uh, yes. the week after. So it's a big month for college football. Uh, but let's go ahead and do some NFL picks. Cool. So first up, before we actually, guys, before we get to NFL, I want to invite you, if you're looking on YouTube, uh, to like and subscribe. Uh, if you are listening on one of the podcast networks, be sure to give us a rating. Miles, let's get into the NFL. First, we have the rematch, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. Monday Night Football, the Cardinals are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you like and why? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a big game. Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals here. Where I, It's always tough, especially in a division as competitive as the NFC West, to win two of these games. Uh, But with Kyler Murray back and, you know, back in rhythm, it's only a a two-and-a-half spread, which I feel like is a trap. But the Cardinals are 9-3 and against a spread this year. With the Rams over there at 5-7 and against a spread. But the L.A. pass rush... I think can be the difference in a rematch like this. But they only got to Trevor Lawrence twice last week. Yeah. So I feel like they're still trying to figure things out with Von Miller over there, who really hasn't made an impact yet. Von Miller's been kind of detrimental to the defense if you've yeah. been watching closely. Right. So it, 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 I think they're still trying to figure things out. So I will put that out there, that I think that can be the difference. If the Rams, if it clicks for the Rams and you get to Murray and you force them to establish their ground game, we'll see if Chase Edmonds is back or not. I think that can be the X factor, but nine and three against the spread. I'm going to ride the Cardinals. I'm riding the Cardinals here. Uh, I hate siding with the public, but this is a game where I have to. Until Arizona can consistently prove that they're a team that we should be backing, then I'm not going to do it. Like the Rams are one and six against the spread in their last six. Their their top running back is probably hurt. Um, Their their pass rush is not getting home. And what's crazy is this is a pass rush we used to fear. Every single game we're watching, they haven't got home except one against Tom Brady, and that's the least agile, mobile quarterback right. in the NFL. And it was really important for me to watch Kyler Murray last week because 
I know a lot of people, and this is from a, a more of a DFS standpoint, where like, don't roster Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hasn't rushed for over 20 yards all season. His, his only rushing touchdown was uh, the first week of the season. Kyler Murray added on two rushing touchdowns last week. He had over 40 yards rushing. He is healthy. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had that extra week to get healthy because he wasn't utilized that much, which was good. You know, let him heal that hand me up. I, I don't care about the the J.J. Watt thing. Like, this is a good, a good, good Cardinals team. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to win this game, and it's not even – one of those things where the Cardinals feel like this is a must win. I just think the Cardinals are a better team. Yeah. And there's just too much of Matthew Stafford giving the game away. The, the Cardinals have to, I mean, the Rams have to play such a perfect game to cover this number where I'm okay with with backing the, the public here on a on a Monday night football game. Now, maybe yeah. if the Rams were home and, and the public was on the Cardinals, I'd probably think twice, but I'm, I'm totally okay with it. All right. I think we are uh, exactly on the same page there. Let's go ahead and move on to another one that I know you're excited about. We got the Buffalo Bills uh, coming off one of the craziest Monday night games I've ever seen uh, against the Patriots last week uh, at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are minus three and a half on this one. Lay it on me. Uh, I'm, going with? I'm taking the Bucks. I'm buying the half a point. I'm totally cool. I don't normally buy half points in football. I am buying the half a point to three to make the odds minus 120. Listen, um, I think the three is a really pivotal number. The Bills are great. Like anything you want to look at, the Bills 5-0-1 against the spread, following against the spread loss. They are 4-0-1 in their last five against the spread, following a loss. Like they're 5-1 in their last against the spread in their last six underdogs. All that stuff is great. The biggest problem for the Bills, they got two. I'm going to go point number one. The Bills have struggled against top 10 defenses. They played four. How many losses do the Bills have now? Three? Uh, they played four top 10 defenses. Yeah. They played four top 10 defenses. They've lost three of those games, and they didn't cover one of those numbers. And most notably was against the Patriots. And the problem with the, with the Bills is they have another issue that's really going to trouble them. And, it's, I'm, and I'm going to put this on both sides of the football, and I'm just going to call it the run game. The Bills cannot establish the run because they don't have a running back. They have Zach Moss, they have um, Singletary, and they have uh, Matt Breida. None of those guys are, 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 are drive the ball up the gut, one cut backs. You know, they're, they're kind of momentum guys. Um, and and that's going to be tough against uh, a top five rush defense. And then on the other side of the ball, the Bills have been god awful. They were god awful stopping the run. This is a Bills team who's had an elite run defense, right? They had an elite run defense and then got carved open by the Patriots. I think the Bucks are going to be able to do the same because Leonard Fournette is one of the hottest running backs in football right now. Losing Tredavious White is going to be tough when you have to cover uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I'm taking the three. The Bucks are 4-0 against the spread in their last four at home and 4-0 against the spread in their last four as home favorites. I'm okay with backing the Bucks and buying the hook. All over it, man. Uh, I got Bucks here too uh, for, for a lot of the same reasons. But let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. This is where Tom Brady starts to turn it on. All right? You got the number one seed up for grabs in the NFC, and we know that you only get one – only one team – gets a bye week now in the new playoff system. And Tom Brady knows how important that is. These are the types of games late in the season that he takes care of business. You mentioned the against the spread numbers. I'll go even farther back. Last eight home games overall for the Buccaneers, they are 7-1 and one against the spread. 8-0 and oh straight up. And then for the Bills, they do have some good trends over the yeah. past years. But this, let's just look recently. They started the season 4-1 and one against the spread. They're 2-4-1 against the spread since. They are just not a good bet right now. That's really what this game comes down to, is that based on how these teams are performing, I'm going with the Buccaneers. The 8-0 straight up in their last eight home games is overwhelming to me because, as you said, you know, I'll buy the half point two, get it to three. Yeah. 
that's a pick to me. Buccaneers just need to get, you know, find a way to get the win. Uh, but th- that offense is just looking like they're, they're really finding their rhythm right now. I think the Bills are still trying to figure some things out. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Let's move on and talk about your Bengals. The 49ers are traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati are one-point favorites. Who you like and why? Yeah, I can't do it, man. Uh, I can't go with the Bengals here. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I saw some alarming numbers for Joe Burrow. First of all, which I already knew, he leads the league with 14 interceptions. That hurts. But what hurts even more is that when Burrow throws two or more interceptions, the Bengals are 0-4. So if you start doing some math, when Burrow just manages to throw one or less interception, the Bengals are 7-1. But the 49ers have a really good pass defense. They're allowing only the fifth fewest yards in the entire league right now. And then as far as this East Coast, West Coast thing, I don't know how I saw this. The 49ers are 6-0 on their last six East Coast road trips. The Bengals are 0-3 in their last three games hosting a West Coast team. (laughs) It all just doesn't look right to me. And as much as I want to believe in the Bengals, because I think at any time they could put together a good game, but Jamar Chase is having trouble with the double team, and he even admitted it. He's got some things to figure out. T. Higgins has got to step up. The rest of the guys on this team have got to step up. And Burrow has got to stop turning the ball over. And yeah. I think that this is just going to be a tough matchup for them, man. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that it favors the Niners. And the one-point spread is really sketchy to me. So I'm taking San Francisco. Oh, yeah, I'm on the 49ers. 4-1 against the spread as a dog. You know, Elijah Mitchell has, has been running the ball hard. And I put a, I put a, a note here said defense. Joe Burrow turned the ball over three times against the Charger. You know, he's going to say his pinky hurts, whatever. I think that it's just too much for Joe Burrow to win this game going against an elite defense who I assume to have yeah. pressure, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Right. Um, I, like a lot of this stuff, you know, a lot of the, it's against the spread numbers want to make you take the Bengals. Like, it's like these against the spread numbers got to be against Bengals. But then you look at things like the stats, like you said, like hosting the West the road trip. A lot of people are putting too much stock in teams traveling from West going to East is literally 2021 Teams aren't doing. Teams are not affected by. It. They're not taking buses. They're staying in the nice hotel on private jets. Like, let's cut that shit out. We're gonna take the 49ers because I'm 100 sure that you know a lot of this line is baked baked into that road trip. I like the 49ers here. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites at the Houston Texas Texans for a one o'clock kick. Uh, who do you like? What are you oh going with here? Because you're the one that sent this to me. Oh, uh, because I was going to – I sent it to you because I, I didn't even look at the game, and I go, I'm going to take the Texans plus 7.5. Hell no. I dig some digging. I'm back <laughs> in the Seahawks minus 7.5. I thought it was too much. The Seahawks are 1-4 and five, one and four against the spread um, in their last five as a favorite. But this is about the time when, when the Seahawks start to turn it up a little bit. They're not completely out of it. There's some miracles. If they string together some wins and they have the schedule to do it. Also, the, 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 the Texans have no run game against a good defense. Like, like – People forget the 49ers, I mean, the, um, excuse me, the Seahawks have only been losing games because of their their lack of run game in, in their their offense, not because of their defense. Defense has been doing tremendously well. The Texans are dreadful. No, uh, We don't know if we're going to get Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor. Both have been practicing. If they get if we get Tyrod Taylor, it's a hurt Tyrod Taylor. If we get Davis Mills, I think he's going to turn the ball over. Listen, this is a Texans team who's 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven. And those teams that they played, that they covered the spread against, we're teams who are riddled with injury and teams who don't have good defenses. I'm going to take the seven and a half points and I'm going to close my eyes while I'm watching the game and just pray that it goes my way. 
For the first time all year, we are going to be four for four on our wow. NFL picks. I'm excited about that. I smell a parlay coming. I'm all over the Seahawks here. There is no way. After the disaster that we saw with the Texans, I mean, it's it's been th- that way all year, but yeah. Tyrod Taylor gets pulled. Davis Mills comes in, 6 of 14, 49 yards. They're an absolute mess. And Seahawks now have a healthy Russell Wilson. Um, coming off a huge upset win uh, last week against the 49ers. And Seattle's defense, you you mentioned it. They're playing really well. They're actually sixth in the league in scoring defense. I would not be surprised if the Texans get shut out again yeah. in this game after their 31-0 loss to the Colts last week. Um, and and we only need eight to cover? Seahawks yeah. win this game by double digits. I think Take so. Easy. Bank. Easy. Take it to the bank. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What's the Spread. We have Bowl Mania coming up next yes. week. Be sure to pay attention, turn on your notifications, like, rate, and subscribe. Take care.